This is Mission Qualphone, a monthly podcast that takes you inside the workings of our company, but not just the ins and outs of business. We look at the ideas and insights that make Qualphone truly unique. As a company, we are committed to being the best and making each person's life better. Join us as we get to know and learn from people from across the organization. What's their story? What have they learned? And how do they live out Qualphone's mission? Welcome to Mission Qualphone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to Mission Qualphone. Episode 39, I know that because season two ends at episode 40 and we are two away. We are coming down to the wire, the end of season two. And it, you know what? It's been a great, it's been a great season and it just flies by. I mean, I can't believe that we've done this is our 39th episode. That's just crazy to me. Yeah. And we've been consistently on time with our podcast. This is the first time I think we'll be late on our production schedule. <laughs> and, and that's a little bit because both you and I um, fell ill in the last... We, we've both been a little sick. And uh, ironically, and we'll talk about this in a minute, ironically, the first time we're late is the one where we don't have any guests that we can blame it on. <laughs> <laughs> No, we can't. Play. It's just us. It's just us Ooh, on this episode. This will be interesting. Yes. This was requested of us uh, a few times to do kind of a get to know Jeremy and Marisol episode. I think it started with the episode we did with Miss Gonzalez, uh, the wife of our, our chairman. Mm-hmm. And uh, we talked a little bit about, well, we've talked a lot about spirituality, actually, in a few of our episodes. But that one was, you know, we kind of went into the origin story of Qualphone. I think you shared some stuff about your family and I shared some stuff about my history and a few people felt like we should share some more. So we decided to save that for this episode. We have this project that we do, this Mission Qualphone podcast, and the intention originally was to share the story of Qualphone, the mission of Qualphone, and still, it's kind of crazy, but it's we're still just babies in this podcasting right. story, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's like a, you know, well-ranked podcast. Let me jump in here for just a minute, and, and if I'm recalling correctly, that episode we had with Mary Carmen, as you mentioned, she is the the wife of our founder, Alfonso, and, and obviously has been here for the whole Qualphone journey. But one of the things that came out of that, and you even mentioned it, and this is something I'm really going to put you on the spot about, was when we talk about this, you know, as you mentioned, spirituality is mentioned quite a bit when we talk about Qualphone and tell the Qualphone story. But You've alluded to it a couple times, and so I I just want to ask you about it. You had shared that you had kind of been through a journey in your own personal life in terms of spirituality, and then here you are with a company that is very much about spirituality. You grew up in a certain faith and had kind of explored other things, and so you were on a journey, and you mentioned before we started today how people would be very surprised at how you have found yourself in in a company like Qualphone that's mission-driven, that talks about spirituality. 
And that kind of fascinated me and wanted to make me put you on the spot. I want to hear more about that. So what what is this journey that you've been through and why would your friends or people that know you or have known you the longest, why would they be surprised about that? Did I use the word journey? <laughs> I think you have used the word journey a few times. Uh, yes. So I don't even know, like, I don't even know what, where to start. I think the story that's interesting is it's not so much the spirituality. It's the intersection of me working at a BPO company. And we do much more than business process outsourcing. But that's my background. And the intersection of my spirituality or my coming into my spirituality, that's sort of what we talked about with April Cruz. It was divine timing. Like I can't help but look at the last few years and be like, this was all outside of my control, could not imagine it, could not have seen us being here today doing a podcast about A, the company I work for, and B, about spirituality. So I think that's the story. Is that the story? You- <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's the story. Yeah, let's hear it. All right. I've already gone, you know, done my resume on this podcast. You know, I've started on the phones, high school, worked my way up through operations. Very early on, met Mike Morrow, uh, my mentor. Other companies way before Qualphone, many, many moons ago. And long story short is probably about a, a decade ago, I came to, <laughs> I came to this realization that, and this is obviously predates Qualphone, me working for Qualphone, uh, but I came to this realization that I had made millions of dollars for other people mm-hmm. with my blood, sweat, and tears. And I, and, and that's literal. Like I, That's how I felt. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of the companies I've worked for have been acquired. Some of them are in, all, again, all predating Qualphone. And... The reality is I knew at the time that if I was laying in a hospital sick, not one of those companies would have cared. And that's, you know, a very bitter avenue (laughs) Mm -hmm. to be stuck in. But that's where I was. And that includes my whole career. And I'm talking about the owners and the chairmen of those companies. Who actually, I know one of them listens to this podcast, so I'm a little bit mortified. It doesn't mean that they were bad people or anything. It's just that's how it was in those days. I don't think it's unique to me. It's just that was the the way of the business. And when I got older and I realized that, I was just very bitter. I was very, Mm -hmm. very bitter for many, many reasons. And so I never, when I left and simultaneously got divorced, I never thought I would ever go back to work for anything remotely close to the BPO space. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the synchronicity is, thankfully, you know, gratefully, I was able to pursue what we call our total vocation, but I didn't, I still don't know what really what my total vocation is, but I had the financial security to be able to pursue that. And that's where I've made comparisons to our stairway program. About a decade I've been working on that. 
And in that pursuit, when I started that, so simultaneously, I'm super bitter. I'm super angry at this industry. And it's not rational that I was angry at the industry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not saying it's rational, but that's where I had all this anger. Like there was a time in my career that jokingly my peers would call me the Grim Reaper because I would travel around the world to reduce production sites, close down sites. Mm -hmm. And I, I have probably personally been involved in the layoff or letting go of uh, thousands, thousands Mm. of people. And that just does something to a person. If you do that over and over again and you, and you kind of sit with, with that. And then you kind of come to the realization that, you know, you gave so much of this life force energy to people who, again, through examples would literally not care if I was in a hospital. Right. So I have that bitterness. I'm angry. (laughs) And I guess that's when I begin my journey. (laughs) (laughs) My little eat, pray, love and uh, or version of it. Thinking I'd have nothing to do with this, this space. And simultaneously, I probably should say that at that time, walked away from any faith or spiritual practice or religion. So I'm bitter, angry, and have no spiritual practice in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in this discovery, I kind of pursue it with, I'm going to be open to everything. I'm going to try everything. I'm going to learn about everything. I'm going to read about everything. I'm going to take any certifications. I'll travel to wherever. But I, I wanted it to be based on data. I wanted someone to say, here's the keys to (laughs) self-actualization and here are the steps to do it and I wanted data and funny enough someone I I ended up reading and studying broke it down into some very simple practices that I, I incorporated and one of the noteworthy things in this education I received was that I, I would need to to find spirituality to reach this level of peace or happiness that I was looking for. And I was like, I was so disappointed to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to. So again, all this predates me joining Qualphone. So I'm doing all this self-help stuff. I'm studying this person. I'm studying this these texts. There's all this data about meditation. I didn't really have a meditation practice, didn't really understand what it was. And I didn't, I went all the way to India to go study uh, meditation. I, I tried a couple different, very, there's thousands of different of ways to meditate. And actually I kind of had this realization that my religion of origin, there's a lot of meditation in those prayers mm-hmm. that I didn't realize was meditation when I did them in my formative years. Mm-hmm. But anyway, long story short, tackled spirituality like it was a problem (laughs) so fast forward uh, my mom is older and and sick and it was a few years of an illness and I'm in this time frame I'm not working for BPO space but I am pursuing everything and anything I'm interested in it's sort of like I did my own personal stairways 
mm-hmm. and my mother gets sick. And in the years that she got sick, I started to realize very quickly that I needed to work right. at a company that provided health insurance because I, I saw my mother's medical bills. It just scared me. So I came back to the workforce, honestly, out of fear or came back to BPO space. It wasn't pursuing total vocation. It was sort of begrudgingly. And really, it was Mike Morrow. I've known Mike, I don't know how many years. I think the way I remember this, he could correct me if I'm wrong. He's only had two assistants in his career. He's never been one to need someone to do anything for him. Mm-hmm. And both times that I remember those assistants, he uh, it was a, a reduction in force, and he absorb you know helped absorb um, give someone a a position. So when I came back to work in the BPO space and to work for him, I was really just kind of discombobulated. I didn't want to come back to work. <laughs> I didn't know what I wanted. I, I was bitter and not knowing anything about call phone, hearing about the mission. Again, I was like, that's nice. <laughs> but I didn't, I, I was so closed hearted to believing that anyone could be good in this space. And then, of course, I got to work here at Qualfin, and then I got to hear our chairman speak, and this is legitimate. I worked here twice. The first time, I remember hearing about the mission, but it was not, I was not able to hear it really until I heard it from when I was in Mexico and I got to experience it in person was I like, oh, this is legitimate. What made it legitimate? I mean, I know you've you were at the summit, and was it an epiphany? I mean, what was it that that made you think, okay, okay, I get it now. This is this is the real deal. Was was there a specific thing, or, or what was that like? It was like a thousand synchronicities. It was kind of crazy. It was. It, it, I don't know if it was an epiphany or it. It was conversations. I remember having hours of conversation with Abel Cruz. Mm. I remember Roberto uh, Sanchez Mejorada coming and saying something to me. Actually, he said something which now kind of gives me chills, uh, but he's, uh, he probably doesn't, I don't know if he remembers saying this to me, but we were in the space in Mexico and he said something like, I don't remember the exact words, so I'm totally praying paraphrasing but he basically said that god had something for me to say like i had something to to say spiritually which mm-hmm. again prior to working at qualfa no one would have said that to me mm. <laughs> i don't know if i'm give, telling the story right jeremy what do you think well i, well, I there's a, a couple things that jump out at me and i and i think the experience that you have or had is i think a lot of people would identify with that i think I think things happen that are what's what's the word I can I, I can use. There's a book called The Crucible. Uh, there's been several books called The Crucible, but the one I'm thinking of is this book. It's a business book, and it's a leadership book, and it talks about how leaders can typically point to a pivotal event in their life that was their crucible, that was their purifying fire uh, 
that help them see the light, right? For lack of a better word. So in my situation, for instance, what I think of when I hear your story is I can remember remember back in uh, 2001. So this is uh, end of 2001. This is right after 9-11. I was working for a company that actually had offices in the World Trade Center. And I was laid off for the first time in my career, laid off. And I can remember driving home thinking, you know, I, at the time I had, you know, four kids I had to feed and I thought, you know, what am I going to do? I, you know, I hadn't, I didn't call my wife. She didn't, you know, she didn't know I was coming home early. Right. And I just had all these things in my mind and just, just panic stricken about what was going to happen, what was going to happen. And over the course of gosh, the next two or three years, this was the whole, when we talk about the dot-com bubble bursting, this was when all this was going on, right? So over the space of about three years, I worked for like four different companies with the same result, worked there for, for a few months, and then we all get laid off. And I guess my crucible moment or what I came away with from that was, well, there was a couple things. Number one, and you kind of mentioned it, right? You mentioned if I'm laying sick in the hospital, are these companies going to care about me and come see me? Well, the first thing it made me think of was, you know what? This job at this company, it was transactional, right? There, There's no loyalty there towards me. And I just came to the realization that no job is worth my mental health. And guess what? If I lose this job, I'll just find a better job. And so I really gained a lot of confidence going through that three or four year period. And it helped me, it helped me understand that there are things way more important than my job, way more important than my job. And all it takes is one of those crucible moments. You mentioned your mom being sick. All it takes is a moment like that for us to get that clarity and realize, you know what, this is just a job. This is just a job. I have things way more important than this job. You know, I, I don't know if I had one moment. I I feel like it was breadcrumbs of just realization <laughs> after realization that mm-hmm. culminated in me just being, you know, simultaneously super, my heart was super close to that people could be good. Mm. And I did have a moment, you know, I know at Summit when it's, it was like this just weird moment where I kind of started to try to think about how many people I had laid off in my career and had the, I just had this realization. I never prayed for one of them Mm. in that time. That was just too, that's where I wasn't that point in my life. And it just wasn't part of my practices in those days. It's not that I was a horrible person or I wished anyone that I, you know, I, I did the job. Right. And I had an attitude of like, that's the job. It's not personal. Mm. And when I was in Mexico, I just, it was just like, just all the shame that kind of came up for me. And, um, and I think that's when it kind of happened. It felt like a cracking in my heart. Like, oh, if something like that were to happen here, it, it's just a totally different experience. Right. And I've seen it. I mean, the way it, it's, it's not a panic of, hey, we're going to lose money. It's, hey, we're going to 
affect people's livelihood, like lives and right. their families and doing everything we can within our power to have that not happen. Right. Right. Uh, so it's like the intention behind making money here is something I've never experienced before yeah. ever. And full disclosure, I don't want anyone to to hear this and think that that we've never had a reduction in force and no one has ever been laid off because that's not true. You know, there are times where we have had to lay folks off, but I can say this because I've been involved in conversations and seen that happen that to your point is everything is done with that person at the center. Everything is done with the concern for the employee. And I can tell you countless examples of folks that, that maybe because their account was closed or, or, or they wound up not working here, but they, for, for example, they finished their education through Roshat, which is our higher education program, even though they were no longer employees, uh, employees here, they finished their degree, members of their family finished their degree, even though they were no longer employees here. And, and I mean, that's just kind of an example of, of that concern for the person. Or even you, we saw it uh, COVID. Yeah. The early days of COVID, I can say that from my view, every single body was, what do we need to do to be our best period? The way the focus is on the person here, it's legitimate. Like, you know, I know that market trends talk about this younger generation being much more interested in what companies are about than than just a title and a salary. And, and things are shifting. You don't mm -hmm. have to be an expert to see things are shifting. But I can say wholeheartedly that it is a legitimate knowledge, just complete knowledge that the owners of this company keep every single one of their employees in their prayers every single day. Right. Hey, for me personally, that's a big deal. Yeah, it's a huge deal. I, th I think I shared this with you. My, my first day with Qualphone. So just a little backstory. I had worked since uh, the beginning of 2006 in this space with a company called Center Partners that, that later was acquired by Qualphone. Well, in 2012, I was laid off. I was part of a reduction. I was a corporate employee and there were about 25 of us that were laid off in the spring of 2012. Qualphone acquires center partners and i get a call from qualphone asking me if i'd like to come back i had had been the corporate leadership trainer and and they asked me if i'd like to come back and i'm like well sure and everything i'd heard about qualphone had been awesome i was super excited about it and my first day back i flew down to our site in fort collins colorado and i bet met my new boss a man named roberto sanchez mihirata and it was, it was unlike any first day <laughs> I've ever had at a company. And I go into a meeting with Roberto and with a few other individuals from, from Qualphone. Some, some folks I knew from center partners, from colleagues that I'd worked with previously, but, um, we had a prayer and I was like, wow. 
This has never happened to me at work. And being a person of faith myself, it it was awesome. It was an epiphany. It was a spiritual experience for me because I'd never seen that at work. And let me let me share a Roberto's story really quick. English is not Roberto's first language. And so, and I hope he won't mind me telling this. I was recently working with Roberto on a, a training module. And so I was, we were getting a recording of, of Roberto talking, and then we're going to, you know, put it, use it in a, in a training module. And Roberto is always a little self-conscious that, that he maybe his English isn't good enough or whatever. And I said to Roberto, and this is the absolute truth. I said to Roberto, I said, Roberto, you don't need to worry one bit about, you know, how, how, how good you think your English is or isn't. I said, who you are speaks so loudly that everyone gets the message, right? And, and that's the way Roberto is. He is just such a presence. Uh, and I've had the opportunity on several occasions to spend a lot of time with Roberto and he is the embodiment of what our mission is. And he's not the only one, right? My boss, Al, same way. And, and that's what makes it real. And when I said earlier that in, in those past companies, I, I came to the realization that, that those are jobs, you know, there, no job is worth your mental health, right? If you lose a job, I'll just go get another job. No big deal. Well, that's the difference between Qualphone and those other companies to me is it's not just a job here. And I have been blessed working with Roberto, working with Al, working with the people on my team that, that it truly is much bigger than a job. And these are people that I care about. I know they care about me and my family. And that's, that's, that's not something I've experienced in my 30 plus years in business. Here in the United States, it might be different in other countries, but here in the United States, I know I was very much conditioned in separation of church and state. Right. It was ingrained in me. And I know that you know, I made that reference to, to having that realization that I had never in my pre- previous career prayed for anyone mm-hmm. um, who I had laid off. And I would have been the type of person back in the day that had anyone broken out in prayer around me, I probably <laughs> would have been the first person in the human resource office. <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because I've been such an advocate that everyone should feel okay in in a work environment. So mm-hmm. if, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't feel comfortable with prayer. But the point is, the thing here at Qualphone is what I find differently is, A, I know people, I can ask for prayers, which is just very comforting when you're going through whatever you're going through in life. Because life mm-hmm. is not necessarily set up to be just smooth sailing (laughs) as an experience. So that is awesome. But I do also truly respect, and I think that part of the veil being pulled away from my eyes about Qualfun happened when they went out of their way to be inclusive to all styles of of religion, Mm -hmm. spirituality, and even non-believers. Like they were so, they're trying to be so inclusive of everyone 
that that was I I could appreciate that I I appreciated that because of my own resistance to anyone trying to I don't want to use the word convert but right right <laughs> that's the word I I don't you know I and that's not what happened for me what happened for me was it was just this complete like heart opening experience of like oh I can you know, lean into the spirituality that I was kind of still very new to me. Right. Um, and it is, it, I can have mentors who can say, hey, I can email them and say, I'm experiencing this. Right. <laughs> and they'll have experienced something similar and, and give me advice on, on how to manage things or I can I've had some of the most intense philosophical conversations about things that I you know sometimes the person will or I will be like you know we've got to get back to work because it's something that in this company they really do allow for they just allow encourage they not only allow but they encourage a space to uh, lean into your spirituality. For and, me, that's huge. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't know it was huge. Like I did not see that on the bingo card of what I wanted <laughs> in a career. And as I go through the stairway program, I think I mentioned it recently to you, that one of the activities came out with the, my top priority uh, in total vacation would be spirituality. And I'm starting to see it in, in my life. And I'm like, oh, didn't see that happening. And, and what's interesting, and I just feel this is important for me to say, is is when we talk about spirituality, we're not talking about religion. I, I think that spirituality transcends religion in that, and I could give you, I could give you countless examples. You know, I, I can say that I have had multiple spiritual experiences, spiritual conversations with multiple people in this company and it's not been about religion, right? It's been about, you know, that, that for lack of a better word, a, a spiritual experience where, where, you know, you felt it, you know, they felt it and it transcends any, any doctrinal differences we might have. And that is not something that I've experienced at other companies. And, and, and I, you know, you mentioned Abel, you know, I I've been on calls with Abel. I can remember one time in particular where we're on a call and we're talking about something. I don't even remember the, the details except Abel pauses and he says, Jeremy, he says, the Lord has put something into your heart. What is it? You just right in the middle of it. And, and in fact he had. And so I, I shared that and I thought, you know, that was, that was a singular experience, right? Especially in the workplace. And Abel's mystical. He's, he's a mystical yeah, character. He has that archetype. He just, he will say things like the example you just gave that mm -hmm. will just like blow your, like, you know, that little blow your mind emoji. Totally. Yeah. That's exactly that's what, what it is. Like, right. <laughs> That's the beauty. You mentioned Roberto and, mm -hmm. you know, it, it all balances out too, because, you know, we talk about it being in our DNA, you know, sometimes I use that word fanatical again, but it is, you know, sometimes you'll be, I'll, I'll be on a call where 
again, you're kind of more in the business mind and you're thinking about cost and KPIs and and money. And right. <laughs> I always love when then the kind of the conversation will eventually lead back to the mission mm. because I feel like that's such a healthy anchor right in to have I mean it just kind of makes life simple to think you know how can I make this exchange yeah the best exchange possible one thing I, I want to just share really quick and that is I'm an emotional guy and the older I get the more emotional I get and uh, I mean, let's just face it. I'm a, I'm a ball baby, right? I have never cried any place I've ever worked until I came here. And I mean, I, I don't want to say on a regular basis, but I mean, there have been numerous times where I have gotten emotional to the point that I am a blubbering mess. And I think that speaks to the... Uh, the the level of engagement that I feel here for the the just the feeling that I have about this company and about the mission to me that that says a lot you know that that it's it is different and again you've used the word fanatical I, I I'm not I'm not a fanatic but I'm a realist right and this is just what I've experienced since 2014 since I've I've been here you know, and it's, it's real and you feel that. And that's why when you and I say that, that it's genuine and that it's real, it, I mean, it, it really is. Yeah. I mean, you speak about crying, which by the way, totally healthy. And I'm so <laughs> proud of you and any person who is comfortable enough in their body to let some tears shed. It's probably healthy. Mm. <laughs> so, I remember seeing our chairman for the first time speak. I mean, right. you can you could just tell that they truly lead from the heart. Right. Um, I think we've used that as captions in some of our titles, and it, it's true. And that's just different. And not everyone has to have the dramatic experiences that I've had to know those differences and yeah. be very grateful that I ended up here. I wouldn't, if you, you know, I think that's why we're doing the podcast. Yeah. Well, and so, so I just want to not to put you on the spot, Marisol, but you we do, do that. The, a lot, we, I do that a lot. And I always say, I don't mean to, but of course I mean to every single time, but we, we have this podcast because of Marisol, you know, because Marisol you got into this environment, you felt inspired to this, this is worth talking about. This is worth talking about. And, and thank you because this is one of the highlights of my job now is working on the podcast with you. And, and I, and I love doing that. I love being able to talk about Qualphone and, and this is all a product of one Marisol having the idea to do it. And two, Roberto and our executive team being very supportive of it and not to toot our own horn, but the podcast has done very well. And again, so thank you, Marisol, and thank you to our, our executive team for, for being so supportive because again, this is, I think, a unique thing also about Qualphone. Yeah. I have to say, you know, I talk about all the things that I love about Qualphone. And I think one of the things I'm learning to love about Qualphone is that 
I'm very lucky that I get to work with the leadership of the company mm. in a lot of my projects. And I'm trying to think of the politically correct way of saying this, but they really do want to hear how people feel about the company. I mean, we've talked about it. We had Mike Morrow on talking about uh, the You Matter with Mike survey. We survey a lot because we're constantly looking for ways that we can do everything better and be the best. And, you know, it's kind of a full circle loop. And I, I just, I give them credit because, you know, when we started, when I pitched it, you and I joked how many people we had to explain what a podcast was. <laughs> <laughs> and I know we've inspired podcasts in our competitors. I know this and I know many of them have stopped doing their podcast and have not found an audience. We have found an audience, which is cool. Yeah. Um, it's validating. And that goes back to that, you know, divine timing and synchronicities and, you know, when Roberto said that to me at Summit, and I don't even know what we were like discussing. It certainly wasn't the podcast hadn't, that seed hadn't, uh, it was definitely planted at that time, mm -hmm. uh, but it wasn't this specific conversation with Roberto. It was really just a lot of conversations that weekend, which was like, oh, this is what you're supposed to be doing. It's curious because I enjoy podcasting, but I didn't know what I wanted to podcast about. And again, had anyone said I'd be doing it for a BPO, I I just did not have the imagination to see that. Right. So that in itself, I'm really great. I'm just grateful that the company let me let me do it. I'm grateful that we are finishing up season two. I'm thankful for people that listen to the podcast. I appreciate that. And... I appreciate you, Jeremy. Thank you very much. It's It's been great working with you, getting to know you over the last, it's been almost two years now. And yeah, it's crazy. We have not met. I almost no. feel like we should never meet. I know. It might ruin the whole thing, right? It might right? be weird. <laughs> <laughs> but, but seriously, no, it's it's great. And this is one of the things I really, it's a labor of love, right? It is it is labor intensive to, to do a podcast, but it's worth it. And, and it's been a lot of fun working with you, Marisol. I'm definitely work, looking forward to ending season two only so we can start season three. So I'm really looking forward to that. Speaking of season three, if any of our listeners have any ideas that they'd like to share with us for guests or themes or things about Qualphone they want to hear more about, I'd love any suggestions. You can email me or Jeremy, mm -hmm. and we'd love to, to hear what you'd like to hear from us. Thank you for listening, and please uh, like, share, and subscribe. It really helps. And if you are looking for a vendor, <laughs> <laughs> please can go to the qualphone.com website or get in touch with us. We will put you in touch with someone. We would love to do business with you. And they would love to do business with us. Thanks, Marisol. We'll see you for the next episode. Thank you, Jeremy. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mission Qualphone. Remember, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe. And we'll see you next time on Mission Qualphone.